Hi, I'm Frankie Frayne, and I've been making movies since I was a kid. I've made four low-budget feature films of varying success, and I've been to film school. Twice. For better or worse, I've developed a science for completing feature-length films on pocket change, and it has a lot to do with the conversations you'll hear on this podcast with teachers, friends, and artists. You don't have to pay 40 grand a year for bad advice. This is Discount Film School. Doug Bergdorf. Yes. We're waiting, to get, <laughs> we're waiting to get you on a podcast for 50-some episodes. Because you are probably one of the most influential, important, uh, creative re- friendships I've ever had. Did you know that? That I feel that way? Okay, so I'll, so for the, for the listening audience, uh, when you go to film school, when you're 18 and you're like, I'm going to go to film school, and up to that point, you've only been making things with like hometown friends, the hope is that you're going to get there and you're going to meet somebody else who's enrolled who wants to, who has sim, at least similar goals or somebody you can learn from or somebody you can collaborate with. And you were one of the first people like that. Cool. Became my roommate, shot Abo. Right. And now uh, you're in LA. I'm here. We don't talk as often as we used to, but we had a lot of, a ton of filmmaking adventures throughout college um, between Gizor and Gorm oh, and yeah. a, your, uh, one of your features, a lovely lady, which I think, I think you consider technically your first feature. Sort of, yeah. I, that thing I was talking about in high school that I made was at one yeah, point a feature, right. but I got so perfectionisty that I, I cut it down and down and down. And yeah, down yeah, Until it was non-existent. But I, I, I can I can tell you early memories that I have of you. Let's hear them. <laughs> so um, the first, the very first one was we had a really attractive English teacher together. <laughs> what was her name? I have no clue. Wait, I think I might have it. It was Andrea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, she was like a grad student. And anyway, we all had to do one-on-ones with her at one point or another. And uh, I was right after you. And I did my typical verbose thing where she, I think she was asking me about my goals at Emerson or something. And I was going on and on and on about my movie and about what's going on. And, and then I, I left the room and I saw you. I had seen you in class. You'd never spoken once. And I just, <laughs> I just figured you were like an extra in my life or something. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, like we, we gave each other like a courteous wave and sure. then I was out. Oh, you got a wave. Yeah. You were nice. You were being nice. Okay, good. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I get an email that I probably still have actually <clears throat> somewhere, um, from you saying, heard all about the movie. Can I see the movie? Oh yeah. And I said, sure. And you were being really nice and really like, um, like gracious and stuff. And so I went to, you lived upstairs from me. I went to your room. And I, I asked if you had done anything, if you made anything. And you showed me a little, like, sizzle reel of stuff. And it, like, really stood out. Like, vis- visually really stood out from it. And I was hoping that going to film school would show me, like, lots of, like, talented kids and it'd be kind of intimidating. But it wasn't – I mean, it was intimidating for other reasons, but it just wasn't happening. Like, the, the work was lousy. I, I, I was expecting, like, the, these, these are the prodigies of America <laughs> that have, have, like, <laughs> assembled – Yeah, have assembled <laughs> to make movies. It didn't happen at all. But, like, your st- – and uh, – <laughs> This sounds ridiculous now, but the one it was like you you hung a camera from a fucking rope. Oh yeah, yeah. At, over a tree and like let it spiral, and I was like, "This guy fucking cracked the code." <laughs> I, I wish I could take credit for that. That was uh, what Sam Raimi did on Evil Dead Two to get that shot right spiraling above Bruce right. Campbell. So right. totally just ripped it, but it, it's an effective. But it's funny because your your style then isn't. I mean, it's it like it's developed a lot. 
but like you've always had the same creative voice visually anyway. And no, for that, I mean, cause your, your visuals are also kind of, they, they hint at the same, um, at, at similar narratives that you're still working with. Like, I feel like, like isolated people, lonely people, oh. uh, misfits, um, uh, people who are, are too beautiful for their own good or too ugly for their own good. Like mm-hmm. it, the, you, you kind of work in like those. And I, you know, when I was more grotesque throughout college, like I kept playing the grotesque guy in, <laughs> in, in everything. But I remember, so you came to my room, we sat down, we watched 10 pounds beginning to end, yeah. like the current cut. And when it was done, you go, all right. And you left that, the room. No. Yeah. Oh no. Oh wow. I'm sorry. No, 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 that can't be true. You didn't say, you didn't say it was good. You didn't say it was bad. Wait a second. It's true. Oh no. <laughs> you sat. Oh, you sorry. sat in one of those lawn chairs. I had like that lawn chair. But wasn't with I holders. with some people? Just you. Shit. And that uh, sucks. And I thought that was it. I thought like I, then I was like, oh, I know what this email was all about. Like motherfuckers sizing me up. And and, wow. and, and, and now that now that he knows that like oh no, I'm not really there. Like he's done. <laughs> I really just was like, all right. You're, you said thanks. I think you're, you're like, mm. well, th- well, thanks, and you, and and you were out. Okay, and then, you got to thank you. Yeah, yeah. You weren't being oh, shit, compl- You weren't being a dick. You were just being. Vi- you were 18. Right. Was, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I was. 18. If you think I'm awkward now, but then we we got to like we started kind of hanging around the same circle, and then in time started like I think the first major collaboration was Final Exam, right? Uh, probably. Um, because we started like, going, like you, well, I thought we became friends. We did, but I'm t- I'm I'm just cutting forward. Oh, okay, go ahead, please, the, please. The, the, the creative stuff, but no, we yeah, we started. Well, did I come around on Ten Pounds? I th- I feel like we had conversations about it. Well, no, you never liked that movie, and 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 I always understood. I mean, it was it was a a, a chaotic um, six year endeavor, but it was and it was always a great personal well, it's shame. Fun. It's funny. I have fun memories of it, really? so I should return to it and then give you an actual. Well, now that you're a thirty year old, a thirty year old man, you can look back at what like a seventeen year old kid did, and maybe it'll be charming, you know. But at the time, it was time, it was just we were just the same age, and it just was what it was. But that's not what I, I'm not here to like browbeat you. <laughs> well, about please you do. About, uh, it sounds like it's an asshole. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, but you, you know, like at that time, and I'm sure you know, like I just so I just watched your new feature, Damsel, and you shot it. And this movie uh, is like, as John said, like stunningly visual. Um, I'm really, I, you know, we got to go deeper into how you achieve the look, but um, really, and, 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 you know, take it from a couple of guys who just watched a year's worth of, of independent film. Um, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a cut above everything else, but you were always known for being the guy who could achieve DIY visuals uh, on on no dollars, and now that you're working with a few bucks, it seems like I mean it, it it's the logical leap from from a rope over a tree to to what I just saw, oh, which was a pretty incredible pretty incredible look. So I I remember at the time being like maybe this guy will will you know I'd never worked with the DP before I shot my first movie. I was like maybe he'll shoot my movie. How cool would that be? And you did. You shot Avo. What do, do you now? Do you have a fond memories of that production? Very. That I had was fun on that so movie. much fun because yeah. we were going so fast, and I mean, you just cast it so well with Jake in the yeah. lead. Just, I was just dying of laughter behind the camera, so it was just, and just to me, it was kind of just a party the whole yeah. time. Yeah, and the prosthetics were really fun. Yeah, and it's like some of the super cool. It was very gorilla. It was it, it, utterly so, literally and figuratively. Yeah, I mean, we were. How fast per scene do you think? Oh. Some of them were 20 minutes. We were zipping. Yeah. Well, yeah. this film that I just shot uh, for my friend Craig, who's in Damsel, we had 
15 minutes to shoot some scenes. And it was just like insane. But Abo, Abo really prepped me for a shoot like that to work with a, with a friend that I really respected. Yeah. But I'm not the director. And so much of getting the look is me directing. It's like, no, no, we got to do it again. I got to go over here. Oh, we're going to change this whole scene to make this thing work and that thing. But like as a DP, I just, for me, I like, I want to please the director. I want to go as fast as possible and I want to do a good job. But like, sometimes I don't speak up when I'm like, oh, this shot over here. But like while working on Abo, that kind of helped me learn what that relationship is just because I direct all my stuff and just by just sort of an extension I shoot it. It's not like, oh, I'm a DP and I direct, or at least not in my head. You're kind of relying on the director to, if they need to speak up, they'll speak up. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm, I remember feeling guilty on that movie that like, well, just that I was like, here's a guy, like I felt like I was, um, I, 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 I suppose like using you in a way where it was like here, he's, he's got so much more to offer than, than his steady hands or than, than his out of the box visual look. And I'm kind of like, um, you know, I'm using, I'm uh, like DP using him as a DP is like almost a waste of him or something like that. I remember feeling that way. In my head, it was completely flipped. I just felt bad that it wasn't looking as good as it could have. And just, just like worried that I wasn't doing a good job. But have you, have you gone on to DP lots more? I've DP'd a few other things. I had a really cool experience, um, shooting a documentary in Africa which was really exciting. And what was the project? The project was following this like old professor putting on a production of Rwanda and Juliet uh, in. Oh, sorry. Did it? Oh, excuse me. Romeo and Juliet. Uh, the movie's called Rwanda and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Um, putting on a production of, you know, the Shakespearean play with uh, the two different tribes from, you know, from Rwanda that were involved in the genocide and they're supposed to be parallels. But, you know, it was shooting just in these remote locations in, in extreme situations. I, uh, took a bit of a fall and like cut open my chin and had to go to like the local hospital that oh my was God. Like, straight out of an eighties horror movie and, and got sewed up and stuff. But, but yeah, like I've always sort of shot my movies in a documentary way. Cause I feel like, it's way more fun to gamble and uh, just when you're flying by the seat of your pants and it's all spontaneous and instinctual, you'll get to things that like you wouldn't get if you're sitting storyboarding, especially when you have no money. I, I, I feel like it might have been different if I was like, oh, yeah, I got like a million bucks to make a movie. I probably I don't know if I started out that way. I might have taken the more Hitchcock approach where everything is just so minutely plan i don't have that level of vision in the first place i like i i don't i don't have i mean i have an idea of what i want to shoot and i i know that it's not worth investing in very much until i'm actually in the location with the actors well yeah it's and it's not as fun to work that way yeah and you can't really well with no money with non-actors with no art like you you gotta kind of problem solve and problem solve quick and just and figure out a way to like okay i have zero dollars i have a shitty camera i've got to somehow make this work as like you know a little teen trying to you know emulate my favorite people like fincher like you can't do that for no money so you got to be very creative if you want it to look even halfway decent i had somebody the other day trying to 
you know, they were a musician and they were saying that they're like, you know, there's actually like musical science, which says that like this scale or these notes or sharps and they, they elicit like there's a direct causality between this note or this approach with this emotion. And I like that there's a science behind that. Now I, I'm interested in they wanted to talk to me about like the science of cutting and getting the, those exact approaches. And I was like, I have no idea no. what you're talking about. Yeah, I was like, I, I uh there's too many variables to even try to work something like that out. Like, That's utter nonsense yeah. to think there's a science to it. You, you can't. You can't approach it that way. Right. I, I have, When I'm cutting, it's unbelievably just – well, not even unbelievably. Sorry, I'm saying that weirdly. It's all emotional. Yeah. Like when they, when it stops making me feel anything, that's where I cut. A, diff, a different take would have dictated a different cut. Right. So exactly. So then, how and it's all you, problem yeah. solving. Everything about filmmaking is problem solving. Yeah. Um, and so if you go in with these rigid ideas, you're just going to lose, and you're going to waste everybody's time. And there are the artists that do it. I mean, you know, there, there well, is the yeah. Kubrickian, you know. Yeah, but oh, I just read this great book on him. But he would take a year. Just right. shoot a movie. Right. A year. Right. We, you shot a movie in nine days. Yeah. Damsel was shot in 18. That's not a year. Like, yeah. And he had the best crews, the literally the best actors. Everything. He spent a decade finding the right story, developing it with like countless writers, the best writers in the world. And yet it still takes him a year, which says to do it that way, it takes that much. Because he was the best. Yeah, so, right. right. The very best. Yeah. So to think you can do that in 18... Days or nine days is a joke. So you got to find another way. I, I I find myself like defending it as if like, well, if I had more resources, but then I, you know, I, I think there's something to be said for lack of resources. I, yeah, I, absolutely. I, it forces know. creativity. And it's a, there's a lack of variables. There's a lack of, of, you know, there's only so many solutions to the problems. So you don't perseverate on anything. Right. And, um, and also, I mean, film being, you know, the, the, uh, the illusion of motion like you you're getting as close to real time as you as you possibly can while you're shooting different takes yeah um so but you where we differ in terms of um because so i'm like totally on board with you and so i should be on board with with improv and ad-libbing more but i'm i i really struggle with it i've i've kind of gone away from it i understand a reason that might be your reason it takes a lot more time mm-hmm to find something good because yeah. you got to shoot so much more to, to have enough gems to cut into a scene. Well, talk about, do you, are all your movies like, for, I mean, I'm a lovely lady certainly was, uh, I don't know if I've ever watched any, anything of yours that was strictly scripted. I mean, they're, they all have, you know, traditional screenplays, but yeah, you like write out the dialogue for every scene, every as, as scene, if you were gonna shoot there's no one. scene that says, Oh, and then they just talk and then you throw it out. Yeah. Like, it it has the you know a very clear blueprint, but I think, and this is probably a weakness. I just get so bored. Yeah, like I'm already over the script. Right. Even though I maybe should be following. It. Um, I just am just like no, I need to be excited again. And if it doesn't, because I'm gonna just cut it in the editing. Like if I'm not like surprised and excited, like and every time out like. You know, in in um, just creating the idea, I've got to be surprised and excited, then and then to write it, and then when I'm shooting it. So each time out, it just makes it harder for me to be like, okay, this is good enough to show people. Well, so then actors are everything. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember you being horrified of a bad performance. I mean, it, which is an excellent instinct. <laughs> but, but, but 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 I remember like you know that was like huge with like, and I think I think maybe. 
you know, if I had to theorize, I think the fact that you want to do improv has a lot to do with like you want everything to have come from their gut. Yeah, it has to read as authentic yeah. for me. Um, or I'm just, or I'm just like, oh, that was bad. But I love actors, so and it's kind of just sort of an indulgent thing to do improv for me because I just kind of want to watch a show. Yeah, right. And yeah, uh, I think you, I think you conduct yourself more emotionally. Like even in the even in the moment of shooting, than I than I do. I think I'm a little bit more procedural, um, but it's it's cool to like you. You are so rewarding with your reactions. <laughs> like it's like if the times I've act, acted for you, you give me when I please you, you do such a <laughs> give me such a big reaction. I, I want I want to do it again. I want the high again. Right. And and like I I imagine that your sets are, are conducted that way. Uh, but how do you are are you? Um, are you able to share with everybody what's getting captured or do they have a good sense of like what we're doing and how we're getting it or, or is their trust just completely in you and they, they're hoping that it all shakes out at the end? I hope there's trust. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there is. I'm not, you know, called to the mat on like, oh, I need to see that take or we're not mm. moving on until, you know, yeah, yeah, it yeah. doesn't sure, work sure, that sure. way in my experience. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a mutual sort of trust and respect. I mean, I wouldn't have like asked them to be in it if, if yeah. that wasn't there. If I wasn't already like a fan and excited by what they could. How does know, that happen do? in the first place? How do you like th- these people in Damsel? Do you, you you meet each one of them? Some of them are fr- personal friends. Some of them are actors you've worked with in the past. Or how do you? Well, this was the first project that I did that I actually had a casting director. So I got to do that process, not as in the, the bigger way that most productions do, but you know, I was watching tapes and. And, um, how did that all happen? I, I need to know how, like the, like the inception of this project and then how it developed. Um, okay. So I was about to make this movie called bastard. Um, and it was a hardcore, violent, fucked up film. And there was money that was promised. It was, uh, I knew this actor and he's like, okay, I have family money. We're going to make this movie for 250 grand. He's a fan. He found you online or Ooh, how did I meet him? Oh, no, I met him through a mutual friend who I, who I did meet online. But um, uh, a mutual friend introduced us. This guy had like this crazy energy, very interesting guy and good actor. And we made a short and I, uh, together and it went well. And he's like and he had sort of gone through a couple other directors and a couple other scripts and I kind of kind of saw all the warning signs, but I was like, oh, here's this dream of getting to make a movie with actual money because everything else I had done was like basically zero right. dollars. And um, <clears throat> so it was very exciting. So I kind of put my blinders on. I was like, no, I can make it work. I'll be the exception. I'll be the exception. Um, but of course, I wasn't the exception at all. And we, it, I don't know if it was all a lie, but there certainly wasn't, a, you know, there's no movie called Bastard by me. I mean, there's a couple movies called Bastard out there, but it, the movie didn't happen. Right. And I was telling this sort of like sad sack story uh, to my grandmother because it was just like, oh, what have you been doing? I was, it was a visit. And she's been very successful in the real estate um, business. And, uh, and she took me aside and she's like, because she had this conception that all movies cost like ten million, right. if not a hundred million. Right. So when she heard it was like two hundred and fifty k, she was like, "Oh, maybe I can do that and help my you know little grandson out." And she had no idea the types of films that I 
have made. Yeah, you can't make this outrageous she, movie for grandma. Yeah, yeah, like, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tried. Um, so, so she was like, yeah, I'll do it. But I just knew that, like, once she read the script, it would, it would definitely be a no. And it would certainly maybe probably be the end of the relationship. That would be that. Yeah, yeah. And she read the script and she was very upset. Like, very. What year is this? Very disturbed. Uh, this was whew, three or four years ago. Yeah. So it was absolutely a no. It was did you, a why total... did you give her the script? Well, I would have just done a different project. That's what's going to happen. Well, I mean, you see where this is going. But I was like, no, I want to make my movie. Yeah. And this is, it's yeah. not like I'm not going out and killing people. It's a movie. I'm it's, making art. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, and I believed it and, you know, yada, yada. But, but yeah, so she, luckily she kept talking to me. But, um, so anyway, so. I've been there. My my parents had to see ten pounds. And like it's yeah, an extended family showed up and shit. It's it's horrible. Yeah, sexually, Frank has never been seen by certain people. Oh, that's funny. Like, I, I just I'll hide it for the rest of my life. Yeah, I understand that. Um, <laughs> not not with sexually, Frank, yeah, yeah, remember, no, but yeah. you know what I mean. So yeah, so then it was like okay, she's still talking to me. She's still I, she's now excited by the idea of making a movie. Am I able to make a movie that's PG? And do I want to? Like, right. is there a movie that wouldn't be compromised, a story that wouldn't be compromised by the lack of things that I usually, you know, veer towards? May I ask, was Bastard, like, especially, like, even by yeah. your, your film standards, really? <laughs> In terms of the violence. Yeah, I mean, there was yeah. some sex stuff, but, right. like, the violence was very creative and very brutal and very... You still want to make that movie? Yeah. My problem is, like, as I was telling you earlier, just uh, once any sort of time passes i'm just like oh that's i'm not excited anymore it's garbage yeah yeah can't okay. even think i'm embarrassed i'm embarrassed i'm embarrassed but i don't know i if i did a rewrite who knows but i haven't returned to it um so <clears throat> so so yeah so damsel came out of uh can i do this do i want to do this and the answer was yeah i mean like i love all types of movies and i've always wanted to make a coming of age film and 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 I felt like that was, and that's a genre that has been um, explored by like every every director kind of makes that their first film. I remember that was big for you. I mean, I would say that that a lot of your your work has coming of age undertones anyway. But it's, I remember thinking it was kind of fun. It was it was funny to think that like this guy who has this you know this like hyper real style and this this like you know really um, in your face visuals. Like was also a huge like John Hughes fan. Oh yeah, it's my he's my favorite. Yeah, like, yeah. So and like Paper Moon's one of my all time right. favorites, and that's a great coming of it. Yeah, there's countless examples, and like Calvin and Hobbes is probably like probably the biggest influence uh, growing yeah. up. Well, like, I can that see that here. So essential, yeah. Yeah. and that was kind of sort of the seed to Damsel in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, I even named the character Cal. Yeah, but that's um, great. So yeah, like so coming of age. Since every director's done it, directors have taken that in an extreme, like done it like Catherine Brie with Fat Girl. Like you're doing everything. It's so fucked, and like yeah. you know, the, you know, pushing these actors to the you know the ends of the earth in this really disturbing way. So it's like that had been done. So I didn't feel like I needed. I was gonna push new ground if I took it in a super violent or super like, yeah. you know, shocking. Todd Solondz. Yeah, like yeah. Todd Solondz has done it, and like right. Todd Solondz is sort of. 
I mean, he's so incredible at it that I would just be a knockoff. if I Right, was. right. So I was like, okay, do I have my own coming of age story that, you know. So anyway, yeah, that's how it came about. And then I, <clears throat> my friend Reese, who had been hounding me for like a year and a half to work together, um, you know, kind of became the sort of perfect person to like be able to talk stuff out. And like, because I'd never really, well... I'd co-written some scripts, but like never really fully done it as a co-writer. Like with Kurt, our mutual friend Kurt, yeah, we fought a lot, but we also he also went off and actually did the actual writing, right? And so I never like sat with somebody and like and really banged out a draft or something. Yes, yeah. so I wanted to try it, and um, and that was a very interesting experience. Um. And yeah, so we, yeah, we went off and made damsel. Was he was Reese comfortable with the idea of like? Did he always know like, hey, this dialogue isn't going to get shot? Like this is the, the script. I warned him. I warned yeah. everybody um, that I don't really, yeah. especially if I'm in control. Like if I think it's a, probably going to be a different story if I get five million, and I'm getting my dream actors like a Jim Carrey or you know you know, knock on wood that well anyway. Um, but yeah, so but when you're working with no budget with actors that aren't as experienced, this is kind of the way that I like to do yeah, it. So right. that means kind of just throwing the script away. So you were so you pulled together the budget you were looking for and that what did that afford you that you didn't normally get in a in a kind of budgetless situation? Casting director was well, one. Well, something like a casting director cuz that's a like a few grand. And does that are they looking for union people and and does that impact the shoot at all or Well, yeah, it was a SAG shoot, which was an, another new thing, which really just meant a lot of paperwork and Right. Um and weird and, hours? Yeah, I mean like because there's a child actor. Right. There was restrictions in that way, but in most like, in most scenes. Yeah. So yeah. But I prefer not to do long days because uh, I feel like people just get tapped out. Right. And That's then true. you're just kind of like it's diminishing returns and it's just a kind of, you know, and because it's such a tight, fast schedule, you can't lose people that, you know, early yeah. on, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's you sustaining the energy again. That's like everything seems to be in service of sustaining the energy. Like that, that's that, the goal. Yeah. yeah don't sure. don't. That's not the thing to compromise ever. Right. Right. Um, so you got your casting director who, what else, what else did it afford you? It afforded me camera rental for the first time. I wasn't forced to use a camera that I wouldn't have picked. So we got to go, we got to do a technical, if people see this movie, they, they, they need to know like what the, how you achieved that look. So let's just do a quick technical dive on it. Yeah. So for this one, I went with the red, um, the red dragon, epic dragon. Yep. Shot most of it in six K. Um, Basically because I could. I wasn't planning on cropping or doing anything weird, but, you know, if, uh, you know, the better quality, the, you know. Better. You just shoot to SD and, like, really big SD, uh, SSD Huge drives. Huge files. Yeah. Um, but the key thing for me, oh, and I picked the, the Epic because it was small because I knew the whole thing. I wanted to shoot it all handheld. Not a single, I we didn't even rent a tripod. Um, so, and I knew that that I'd have to have, and I grew up using very lightweight cameras. Yeah. Um, and I tried the, um, the Amira, the Ari Amira. Right. And that even that was too heavy. Too big. Um, without well, Ari like some kind of rig. Ari doesn't make anything small, I don't think. No, even the, even the mini, which I shot this movie in Australia on, that was actually heavy as hell. And even with an e easy rig. 
uh, which kind of takes some of the weight. It was still like a sort of painful. So how many? How how heavy is this thing? The one that you ultimately shot on? Yeah, the epic. It you the know epic. it's got some heft, but it's it's small. It's compact. Because um, you're looking for a little bit of weight when you're doing handheld. Oh, for anyway. sure. Yeah. So it's not like an earthquake. Right. Scene, right. Every scene. Um. But yeah. And now apparently the cameras, the red cameras are even lighter and. Um, so I'm excited to try the new one on the next one. But and you shot on an anamorphic 35. Yeah. So the key to get a look that's interesting is what glass you use, really, because right. nowadays it's just boxes that with sensors. So right. it's So it's all about the glass you get. And one of the most beautiful movies, or one of my favorite looking movies, is Tarkovsky's um, uh, Solaris. And right. he shot on these anamorphic lenses, Lomo lenses. And I just hunted them down and it was like a fun, long hunt to, to get a hold of these, these lenses. And, and I decided to keep it all in one perspective. So I just used literally just one lens, the whole movie, uh, which was a fun challenge. And, and that kind of dictates the look in a lot of ways. Like if you're using one lens, you can't just zoom in. So you makes you, it forces, uh, you know, um, a look and, and certainly these old, like these old lenses have so many imperfections, which I love that gives yeah. it this like really special, like I wanted to, I wanted the movie to feel very tactile. Like you could touch it. And yeah. it's also sort of a, it was the like, first word I used when I described it was like it had a, a real texture to it. Oh, cool. Yeah. That yeah. was the whole goal. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, in a Calvin and Hobbes kind of sense, like, sure. it, it, like a little bit of paper or some, something like card, cardstock or something. Good. That's exactly what I was going for. Yeah. 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 Well, you, you got it. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, how do you pull together 18 days for a shoot like that? And, and, and you shot this like two years ago and then you edited it in a, in a really small amount of time. And since then it's been about, well, the editing actually took a while. I, you know, my first cut was boom. I, yeah. I'm very fast. I'm like so, that too, yeah. but it was, I kind of made a mistake or it was just sort of the process where I was, as I was saying before, like I'm always trying to surprise myself and that meant for this cut that it was very experimental. It was kind of really not taking the audience into, into consideration to definite, uh, to a definite fault. Um, so it was a lot more challenging uh, to watch. And I think it's sort of challenging now. So, so you can only imagine, I, but, I gave you my best TV in the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, then I went through a ton of edits cause my goal was not to challenge the audience in the normal way that I like to do. Like I wanted people to be engaged. Um, so it just, uh, it, you know, went through a whole bunch of variations, which was an interesting process. Um, and, and yeah, like usually <clears throat> I've made probably two to 300 shorts and usually they're just kind of like a fuck you. That's just like, I'm doing this and I, I yeah. like messing with people in that format. Yeah. Um, and it's really hit with people, by the way. I mean, I don't know if any, so people can find Doug on, uh, on Vimeo. If you just search Doug Bergdorf on Vimeo or just Google Doug Bergdorf, Vimeo comes up and you, I, I think you, it's from what I can tell over the last five, six years, you've really found an audience of people that really respond to the fuck you shorts. <laughs> um, a very small audience, but yeah, like it's nice to have like, you know, just strangers. Well enough that, I mean, at, at least one of your actors who I'm, I'm seeing in more work all the time, the guy who plays John in this, what, what's his, yeah, Craig. Name? Oh Craig. my God, this guy's a godsend. Uh, and he, he found, he, he's, he just started as a fan. 
like five years ago, he reached yeah. out to me. He said he saw some shorts and he was coming to America with a reality uh, camera crew because he was doing this like make it in a Canon Australian make it in Hollywood kind of docu series, and he want he thought it would be funny to do a short and film it. Right. Um. So I saw the opportunity there and and um and was like yeah and then did a put on a whole character (laughs) so so you if you do nothing after this podcast you've got to go and search for the making of sparkle doug bergdorf because doug decides to do some performance art and wig out the guy and the camera crew with like you know i i I don't even know how you would describe i mean like a uh, he's got like underwear on his head or <laughs> like sunglasses and he's not talking to anybody and he's insisting on being called by a pseudonym and uh, and that that production had porn stars in it uh, that yeah, so any, that are recognizable anything to mess with this this camera crew that <laughs> you know I just anyway so but we kept in touch after that surprisingly and um and he's a great actor so I thought of him for damsel and and he he was amazing and he asked me to shoot his movie which was an incredible experience and it utterly challenging but rewarding he wrote and directed he wrote and directed it was a passion project and he gave me full trust and control of the you know the camera department i was the camera department wow um and did he have a few dollars behind that production or was it like a just a passion thing I it was definitely a passion thing, yeah. and so so that when you say I'm the whole camera department, you really I mean. was literally so he said I'd have a couple like a team, and he warned me, oh they're just they're just starting out. Showed up, there was zero people, right? And um, I chose the Alexa Mini because that's sort of visually sort of the cleanest, best cinematic. If you got to go quick, yeah, and it's just like it's just the nicest sensor. You know, it just looks the best. But I didn't know it was so heavy. I'd never used it. And also um, rented these these like 40-year-old Zeiss primes that I'd never used. And they They're were gorgeous. utterly sticky, though. Like they were oh. hard to pull focus. And my job ended up just being like just a focus, focus puller. Yeah. And I've never done that like professional. Like, I mean, obviously pulled focus on my own sure, things. Sure. But to hit like crazy, like there was no marks. And we're working with a Hollywood actor d wallace who's worked with spielberg and joe dante and peter jackson like she's not messing around and she kind of only like doing one take and oh my god usually actually shoot on the rehearsal so like i had zero idea where she was gonna go and i didn't know where i was gonna go because nothing was we had 15 minutes to do a whole scene so it was this crazy trial by fire so it's just really intense and i'm i'm just lucky that there's even an image on screen so but it was a you know. Did be, are we going to be able to see that movie? Absolutely. Nice. I'll, I'll send you a link. Is, is it? Um. It, will it be playing? You know. Is he? He's trying to get it out there. Yeah. So he he got it into the biggest festival in Australia straight off the bat, and we we just got back from Montreal where it got into the, one of the biggest uh, genre festivals in the world, and and that Amazing. audience was awesome like i'd never really? really done an actual festival experience and we're talking about like people just cheering clapping throughout the whole Whoa. thing totally engaged so you were just high as a kite oh it was awesome well yeah. no i <laughs> i meant you know because i was just judging the work oh, it was sure. like oh god i fucked up but um <laughs> but yeah no but but yeah no the audience was so cool and it just it it's just great to be able to Get that sort because most films don't even like with Damsel. I've I've gotten rejected from ninety nine percent of the yeah. 
the festivals, and it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, because you know, you and and I was thinking while watching it with you, um, just how much denial and delusion one kind of needs, but it's definitely always a part of the process when you're in it. Like, because I was watching, it was just like, oh, this is awful. I'm embarrassed. Luckily, you didn't you didn't have the same experience no. I was having, but <laughs> but it just was interesting. Like and. But yeah, yeah. Damsel is a great movie. Yeah, I, I I hope a lot of a lot more people get to see it. it it's it's a really that. really excellent film, and uh, and I you know it has a, have you? I mean, I know you're only kind of just starting to send it around. Is it playing anywhere yet? Yeah, so it it premiered in Madrid, um, at the Madrid International Film Festival. Did you go out? We oh, I was excited to, um, and then I found out how much money we're talking like yeah. five six grand to go, and it's just like I don't have that money. Um, yeah. So it's just like, ah, shoot. Yeah. The next one. But yeah, so hopefully it plays at a couple more festivals and I got to figure out the next part of its life. Yeah. I mean, there is a there is such a thing as, you know, VOD distribution and everything. It's just that you never really get to ha- the movie doesn't really get to have much of a life when it goes that way. You right. know, there might be people out there enjoying it, but how do you curate it? How do you how do you put it in their faces? How does anybody know yeah. about it without a reward or without somebody vouching for it in some way? Exactly. Or without even a publicist, which is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A hugely necessary part of just all the things that I'm not like everything like once the movie's finished um, I just am kind of I wouldn't say clueless because I mean I've read everything from like you know once we got into filming like I was like 12 or something I obsessively read all day long and watch all day long everything and anything about filmmaking so I've read everything but just to put it in practice and also get over my crippling shyness and insecurity because like like I said, like I was like, oh God, this movie sucks while right, I was watching right. it with you. So and like I was like, it's dead here. I now I if know. If that movie sucks, I, I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what well, what, what we're gonna here. do. <laughs> I mean, then every movie sucks. And that, and I know you don't believe that because you watch everything. I remember when I when I met you and I was like, well, he's watched everything. He's he's watching everything as we speak. He's in the other room right now watching some other like he he's really at the bottom of the barrel <laughs> watching whatever he hasn't watched yet. Well, it was funny at that time. I remember like when you know Netflix was regularly sending yeah. DVDs. I did the eight DVD plan, so I, I was just I remember in that in my room all day. I would join you occasionally, but the like I couldn't like I I, I have kind of, like to be honest with you, I got like a three new movie a week limit. Like I, I don't do many more than that, and so my, my I I'm sipping through a kind of a smaller straw. <laughs> but um, but even yeah, like directors' interviews, and I think pre-internet you were like a magazine subscriber, and you know everything, every yeah, special. No, inter- and and a lot, and like at Emerson, like I spent. Outside of being in my dorm room watching stuff, I'd be in the library reading right. all the books. They had a great library. Oh my I remember. Goodness. I remember working at the help desk and you coming up, and I was like, "What have you been doing?" And you're like, "I just read this like really cool thing about Kubrick." Or I, I just, uh, yeah, I was like, and they had a lot of great stuff. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, my theory is, you can't help but like sort of regurgitate stuff. So instead of just regurgitating Kubrick, who I keep bringing up, yeah. um, I try to just fill my brain with everything. Right. So it all goes through that filter. Like uh, nowadays, sometimes I'll go through 10,000 images, whether it be paintings or photography, just I follow 23,000 uh, um, uh, Tumblr blog just that are curated like art things whether it's photography or painting just a kaleidoscope and just jam everything into my brain like everything 
um, and then see what comes out. Because wow. I don't want to just quote, because that's boring to just like, I love John Hughes, but if I was just to make, remake The Breakfast Club with slight variations, I would be embarrassed for yeah. myself. And it just, it's boring. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I have, in my life, I have like, a, you know, probably like my sort of, the, you know, my Mount Rushmore of people that have inspired me. But it's funny there. I've made a couple of movies. I remember at being at one of the premiere, the Boston premiere of Sexually Frank and somebody asking like, so who, you know, uh, who inspired this movie or who, who were you modeling after? Who were you looking at? I, I didn't have an answer. I, I, I actually didn't like I had to I needed to give them an answer. And I think I gave them a bullshit. It's one. so hard. And I, I real I was like, I don't I I'm more. I, I don't. I, I was motivated by Keith Zadek and Nina Shalesky. I mean, I, I, well, that's the. I mean, <laughs> that's the real way to create something. Yeah. That's special. Yeah. It's, that it's truly inspired. It's not just like, oh, I want to be like these cool yeah. guys that like people like. It's like, no, I want to make you know an authentic piece of work that's inspired by life, and it's something that speaks to me on yeah. a real level, and it's not just like, oh, look, I can you know turn on a camera i don't know it's just so yeah. when you're doing the fuck you shorts or that is that working something out is that like um it certainly seems like the, that's probably the, the case i it's it's just very instinctual it's like i'm not i have to really want to make it because nobody's asking for it uh you made it seem like i have a real fan base but i don't it's nobody's like knocking at my door being like oh when's the next short i'm not it's not like a youtube personality thing where it's like uh, it's just nobody's asking for it. So and and because there's no money that is made, and it does cost a tiny bit of money, you know, it I really have to make it. So yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. So what's next? What's next? So I just made a new short in 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 Montreal, and it was I hadn't made a is short in a while, so that was fun to do. And then I've got this horror script that's my favorite thing I've ever written. I'm dying to make it. What's the concept? Um, or, or is it too early? It's Well, this is also another failing of mine. I'm terrible at pitching. <laughs> but it's this crazy, like, snake, spider, one location. It's, it's, it's... I like every time out to, like, give myself crazy challenges... So for this one, I was like, can I make a one location uh, thing, a movie interesting? And I, you know, there's a bunch out there. I want to make one. Yeah. And like, yeah. but it's like, oh, just in theory, it's just like, oh, God, it's snore. Um, so to make that interesting was like the challenge to make it a real like story that moves. And it's not like, OK, you're just checking your watch. So um, and, and out of these types of like limitations that you set for yourself so much comes out of it instead of just like, right. Oh, I want to make Lawrence of Arabia. And then you kind of like, it's hard to, where do you go? But if you're like, Oh, these are the limitations. Well, it's kind of just how I have the most fun. I don't know if it's the best way to go about it. But it's also, I mean, it's, it's going to be so performance based if that's yeah. the case. Yeah. Although, I mean, you can be, you can, you can have tremendous diversity of, of looks in a small space. Too. Well, that was also the fun thing. Yeah. How do I, how do I, um, motivate actual like you know mm. changes in this one location that's not just like oh they're doing like a weird thing now they like, change the lens yeah, yeah it's like oh well this section's all like no i don't want to do stuff like that. it's got to be totally motivated and then out of that you get 
you, you can get to some really exciting things and and to not just make it like a play to make it very cinematic was also yeah, a really right. fun challenge. So that's the movie that I'm dying to make. I've got <clears throat> I've been developing for a few years a movie about Ted Bundy and I finally found an angle into that which would be cheaper than this one location thing. Holy shit. Um so I'm very excited about that. I've read every book on him. Um what well, it, it, so he he just fascinates you. Fascinates me. It's somebody that was charmed the world uh, to the point where like he had you know just a, a woman married him when he was in prison but like he fooled everybody in his life just like just so like wow. just a character like that that can that can i don't know there's something there and just just the brutality of it it's just like really disturbing it just ha- it's fascinating yeah yeah um so there's that there's um and there's a few other few other things that when are you gonna on. cast me again Hey, <laughs> I can act. Can you fly out? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, 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 I'm not on my college budget anymore, so I can, I can, uh, I can do things. Well, I can even take it. a little bit of vacation time. It's so funny. So recently, I've been going through all of my old DV tapes, and there's hundreds and hundreds, and yeah. I, and um, <laughs> I found our tape of of the Cayman Islands where we were we were just <laughs> shooting, and it's the funniest stuff I've ever filmed. So I gotta. <laughs> Cut that. In. I at least got to send it to you. I, I remember, like, whenever I would come across like your new work after we graduated, when you know there'd be like another chubby bearded guy or something, like because you've been working. I was always searching for you. You've been working through. <laughs> yeah, you've been working through a series of chubby beard, chubby bearded guys. I'm always like, they're not so fucking funny. <laughs> I agree. I, I'm a little bit better. <laughs> uh, so hey, I'll I'll be in something. And then also, um, I I I think that. Um, I mean, unless you're trying to create a mystique around your films, I'd love to do like a behind the scenes thing or like an extended documentary on the making of one of them. That would be so fun. Yeah. 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 Because you don't that. have to do anything. You just have to keep making the movie. Oh, exactly. I'll, I'll do it around you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh my God. You're making of Geezer and Gorm and Brain Eating Aliens. Those are must see. They're, yeah. They're, they're, uh, I, I, I like to think that they're like essential to the watching of the actual oh, film. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of the, of that type of um, right. documentary, like American Movie, obviously, and uh, in my top ten films of all time. Yeah, and and so on this on this Australian movie, we had this um, documentary guy follow us and do. He's making a feature length. We just saw while we were in Montreal two hours of the five hour rough cut, and it was so fun to see. But yeah, he made this movie in two. 2002 I think called Making Venus and it's about like an independent movie that just is a total disaster and it's not a success story it doesn't like turn around and it's just I, I just I eat those movies up like nobody's business I love them yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so I would love I would love that well people should uh, should watch Doug's everything that Doug will share <laughs> with the world, which isn't everything, not even close, but there, he, there are a few films he's deemed worthy of, uh, of at least putting on the internet, which is awesome. Well, the key is me just not watching them again. Really? So I just, and then you'll denial. leave denial. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I hope I, that's good. I remember you, you made a couple of efforts in the time I've known you to like, like curate your stuff into a website or something. And then, and then you, you know, you spend most of your time and effort and focus on, on current productions really. Right. And yeah. then, yeah. Uh, the trouble, I just self promotion is so hard for me. I don't know why. Yeah, it should be easy, but I just feel like I'm lying. Like if I was like, "Oh, damsel's the best thing ever," like I'd feel like a liar. Right. Like because I don't think that. Right. Right. I'm like, "Oh, this is bad." 
So, um, so it's just like, and I, and, and the whole, my whole goal is to make authentic stuff and to, you know, hopefully be at least a little bit authentic yeah. in, in my life. So it's just like, it's hard to be like, oh, I'm great when I know that that's not the case no. or that I don't feel yeah, right, right, like I'm right. any good. Well, that's, that's a mark of, I mean, there are a lot of creatives that, that feel that way. Uh, I, I know like how many times I've seen like, like Trey Parker on South Park would call Comedy Central and say like, sorry, we're not, it, we're not going to deliver. <laughs> we're not going to deliver this show because it, it's embarrassing to put this on television. And then it turns, I understand that. It turns out it was the World of Warcraft episode or something. Oh my God. You know, yeah. it's like the, like it won, wins an Emmy. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I guess um, neurosis is part of the process, right? I guess. I wish it wasn't. Like chasing quality or something. You would, I would you, love, like, you, you, you'd hope that, like, oh, I made a movie and can just celebrate. But, like, at this big screening I just went to, I was just the whole time I'm just tense as hell and oh, just yeah. so just like, <gasps> and just, like, mentally, like, uh, you know, using, like, magical thinking to, like, try to get the thing in focus or, like, just watching it. It's just, like, crazy. I it's know that. crazy. <laughs> um, I, I do know that feeling. <laughs> but it's just, like, you know. So... I don't know. I'll, I'll hopefully, I'll figure out a way to enjoy my life. You, st- I, you stepped it up for me a little bit. I remember on one of that those first screenings of Ten Pounds, there was like a there was some schmutz on the lens or something. I, I, it was at a time in my life where I like I I'm a frankly a little bit of the opposite where I'm like it's good enough. We can move on. <laughs> like we're just trying to we know what we're trying to get done here. We're, we're just trying to move through these shots. It'll be good. They'll understand. They'll forgive us. Well, that's healthy. And, yeah, I don't think so. But <laughs> like it'd be good to to be like let's stop and make sure it's perfect or make sure it's good, but. Uh, I remember you were like, oh, there's a little bit of schmutz on the lens. Oh, no. And, no, no. You were. And then from that point on, I, I think I cut around it. Or I like you ever you ever have somebody deliver a note and that like you have to address their note. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even if you're not convinced that that they're like everybody right. will feel the same way as them because it gets stuck. And like, I'll believe any negative thing. Yeah. I'm yeah. To some point, I'm not going to change my voice or what my vision is for whatever right. project sure. it is. But like, you know, I'll, I'll run with a negative thought. Oh my God. You know what you need to, the, the fuck you shorts are great, but like doing episodic stuff where you release something on a schedule and you never turn back. And I think that's smart. I should fun. try that. It's kind of fun. Uh, cause I, you never really review the quality of the, <laughs> you know, there's no time to really. So, uh, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Thanks for making the time to do well, this it. This was fun. Thanks for having it. me. I want to do it again. I want to go like, there's so much to, there's, there's 12 year, year old Doug and there's 13 year old Doug. <laughs> and there's, there's a library of shorts and stuff, but, um, it, Vimeo is the place that they should go. Yeah. 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 And I've got a Tumblr thing where I'm doing other visual junk. Right. Uh, and uh, how, they should just Google like Doug Bergdorf Tumblr. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the past year, I've been doing a lot of GIFs and exploring that. Yeah, I've seen you've been doing that. Yeah, so like like bite size, um, just bite size, just because it's not it's it's something that hasn't been explored that much in terms of just trying to find the weird, oh, interesting things you can do with that loop with mm. like trying to turn four frames into something that transcends the four frame or trying to. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. a fun like challenge that like I can sh- do them every day and not have to come up with a whole script. Um, so no audio element. Yeah. It's just a, it's a way to, to, to play with photography and with this, with what I love, which is movement and, and play, you know, explore something. Um, but I'm now going to concentrate on this new feature and new shorts, hopefully. He's a good fucking filmmaker. He was when he was 18. (laughs) He he still is now. I hope that people get to see damsel because it's, um, it's worth their time. Thank you, Frankie.